You are listening to episode number 44 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. I want to jump right into it with this episode and talk about something that I'm very passionate about and something that's been on my mind a lot lately, and that is the toxicity of certain people and having certain people in your life that are toxic in a way that affects you negatively. So I've spent the past few years, probably three, four, five years, give or take, uh, thinking about positivity, and I've been, I've been working on positivity. Some Somewhere in my late 20s, I just uh, developed this interest in kind of like just putting positive energy around me, trying to generate positivity, uh, generating fulfillment. Like I've, I've completely gone through a mind shift where uh, like fulfillment and gratitude, I know I talk about that a lot here too, have become focal points of my daily routine. It's, it's, it's like in my, my DNA now, it's in who I am. And with that comes having positivity around me. And even if people around me aren't positive, right? And even if people around me are like negative and just kind of encroaching on my bubble, I can still remain positive, but that doesn't mean that I like to have those people around me. And what I know for a fact is that having people like that around you, around us, will absolutely like contaminate your positivity. So you know, having uh, naysayers and having people that talk down to you and having people that tell you your ideas are garbage and, you know, that kind of stuff over and over again, that'll have an impact. No matter how strong-willed you are, I consider myself extremely strong-willed and I could care less. I literally care so little about what anybody says about me. It's, It's ridiculous. But when you have people around you on a daily basis that don't believe in you, right, that that stuff affects you. It affects me. And it's like I, I said the word earlier, it's toxic. It's a toxic thing. And every once in a while, people are able to reveal the chink in your armor. It's just the way it is. We're human, right? So I'm human too. And every once in a while, I have some people that are very close to me in my life. And even though I distance myself a lot, when they're around me, they after a couple of interactions, they find that, that chink in my armor and they exploit it. And what I mean by that is, to be more specific, is I can talk about something completely unrelated to like goals and ambitions and work ethic and you know stuff outside my nine to five. I can talk about anything that's not related to those. So what I mean is I can talk about sports. I can talk about like food, I can talk about music, I can talk about hobbies, I can talk about exercise, lifting weights, working out, whatever, hockey, Stanley Cup playoffs, any of that stuff. I cannot talk about any of the things I'm working on, building a brand, building a business, podcasting, you know, building uh, something for somebody, uh, seeking you know, VA help, you know, trying to hire people, and all that. I, if I talk about that stuff uh, with certain people that are in my life, I will end up having this kind of like relentless assault of I don't believe in you type stuff come at me. And it's it's sad really because there's some people that are extremely close to me and have been for years, like like double digit years, like 10, 12, 15 years. 
and I can't share with them these things that I'm doing because all the energy I get back from them is negative and it's, I don't believe in you and you're wasting your time and you're chasing a pipe dream and you blah, blah, blah. You're doing all this and like that hurts. Okay. So (laughs) that's, it's painful, but like I have the ability to move on. Okay. But it doesn't matter how well I can move on and how well I can completely dismiss that when I'm around that person, like they are able to to reveal that, that weakness in me where, where it affects me and everybody has that. And when I say it affects me, I don't leave the conversation with this person feeling down about myself or not believing in myself or thinking that what I'm doing is for nothing. That doesn't happen. But what it does do is it gives me a realization, like a moment of realization during that conversation. And even after that conversation that I am in this alone, no matter how much I have, I can, I can bring people in. I'm totally in this by myself. And I think that, that that's what separates someone who's truly driven from someone who is fake driven. So a lot of people need the encouragement day in and day out, or they need the support or they need the assurance of somebody from somebody else that what they're doing is worthwhile and that what they're doing is possible and that they can achieve anything they want, da, 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 da. But it, that stuff is secondary to me. And I think that the true people who have this in their blood, right? Like it's just ingrained in them. They don't need all those outside positive influences day in and day out in order to keep pushing. So that that's kind of my big point. Now, if you are the type of person who believes in yourself, right? Like hundred percent, you believe in yourself. You think you got it. You're interested in doing something and you want to chase it, right? That right there is beautiful. And if you are able to work harder and able to push a little bit more and able to kind of extend yourself out beyond where you normally would feel comfortable when you, if you're able to do all that, uh, because of a positive influence, right? Like an external influence from somebody that's really positive in your life or a group of people or a spouse or something, then that is awesome. And I think that positivity can only help you. So what I'm trying to say is that I think that people who have negative influences in their lives, the ones that are able to push through with, with all that being around them all the time, or, you know, at a a frequent interval, those are people who are going to absolutely succeed. And I also think that we all benefit from having positive people around us frequently. Like that is huge. I think everybody benefits from that. I think the people to reiterate this, the people who can push through having like having no choice, but have negative people around them all the time. And they're able to push through that. I think those are the people who are going to absolutely be successful in whatever they do. And the, but the people who absolutely cannot do anything like on the flip side of that, the other side of the coin, the people who cannot take a step forward, the people who cannot keep any momentum going whatsoever, not even, not even a little bit without someone telling them they can do it. Those are the people who are probably going to have a much more difficult time. And I don't know how much of that is something that can be, like trained or something that can be tweaked by coaching or just practice. 
I believe that it, at least a little bit of it can, but the people who really want to build something are, are going to, to do that, right? They're going to push through. They're going to, they're going to work towards that regardless of what obstacles are in their way. It's just the way it is, right? It's just how it's going to be. There is no, there's no blueprint for this type of lifestyle, really. It's not like you can go to college and then become an entrepreneur and build a brand or something. It's, there's so many moving parts. Every little thing is unique, no matter what outlet you're using or what platform, or uh, if you're doing social media, or if you're building a physical products thing, or you're building a software or some kind of digital product. Like there's no, there's no blueprint for any of that. You just figure it out. If you're really in it, you figure it out. And the people who are really in it and have that, that component, that gene to do that thing, they don't care who's around them. They don't, they don't get affected by that. They don't get hamstrung to the point where they can't move by negative energy. But if you remove that negative energy, and you replace it with positive energy, oh man, that is what just sends you into the stratosphere. Like that's the thing that's going to push everybody forward. Having positive energy around you at all the times, that's the thing that's going to move you forward big time. And that's that, that because that's what causes a mindset shift, like a 24 seven mindset shift. Instead of having this up and down, I believe in myself. I don't believe in myself. I think I can do it. Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't know. Now I'm kind of overwhelmed. Like it goes from that to 100% 24 seven all day, every day, eat, sleep, you know, whatever. Yes, I can do this. Or yes, I'm going to do this. Like it just becomes the thing that you're going to do regardless. Like today I'm going to do this because in the future I'm going to own this brand and I'm going to, you know, make this much in sales. And like, it's just, it's the, the thing that once you believe it, once you understand that that is the way it's going to be, then it becomes your reality. It becomes normal. And that is absolutely accelerated by having positivity around you. And that happens by removing as many negative and toxic people as possible. So I've talked about this before. It doesn't mean that to remove someone, some negative person from your life, you have to exile them completely. But what it does mean is that it, it may be uh, worthwhile to kind of limit or seriously limit the interaction like times with that person, the amount of time you spend with them or the amount of times you see them you know, throughout the week or throughout the month. And, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough sometimes for sure. I have uh, whittled down my circle to the point where I feel comfortable now with everybody that's in it for the most part. It's pretty tight. Um, there are still a couple people in there that I have to limit how often I see them. And when I am with them, I have to limit the, the type of conversations we have which is sad because some of these people I've known for a long, long time, but I've just noticed a pattern over the last six, seven years that every time certain things get brought up, it always ends the same and it's never good and it's not worth going down that road anymore. No one's going to change. I'm certainly not going to change. These people are not going to change and we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Now, they might come back to me in five, 10, 20 years and say, dude, you know what? I'm sorry. You were right. I didn't believe in you and you proved me wrong. Right. 
or you know, I could just fumble for the next 10, 20 years. <laughs> it's, it's definitely possible, right? And they could say, look, man, uh, I, 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 yeah, I told you so. I'm sorry. You know, that's possible too. But the point is that, that these people, they don't, they don't believe in me. They don't have, they don't encourage me. They don't have the positivity that I want to have around me. And so, you know, I have to seriously limit that, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, but that's life, right? So you got to pick and choose. And some people I've completely removed from my life altogether. Like there are some people that I have completely cut off, like just done. No more text, no more calls, no more social outings, nothing. And some of these decisions that I've made to do this were some of the best decisions I've ever made in my whole life. And they were tough at first, but after, you know, a couple of days, a week, two weeks, not only did I kind of forget about these people altogether, but I generally and genuinely found that I was happier and that I wasn't being brought down by negative energy over and over and over again. And here's the other thing too. If you're working a nine to five job, you may not have, unfortunately, you might not have the opportunity to remove people because they may be coworkers of yours. And that was a situation that I was dealing with for a long time. I'm not currently, but I certainly was. And that's really hard. There's really nothing you can do about that. But what you can do is just remind yourself that it's only eight, nine hours a day or whatever it is. And you're being paid to put up with that person right? Your employer pays you to do your job. And part of your job involves being around that person. So you therefore, by logical deduction, you are being paid to put up with that person. And whatever they have to say is irrelevant because it's a job. So you're getting paid to hear this stuff, to hear this crap from this person. And it's just part of the job and to not let it get to you. Like that's one of the tactics I used and it actually worked really, really well. And it was just a mindset tweak. That's all it was. You know, you're not, no one's at their job, typically their nine to five job. No one's there to have fun. No one loves it, typically, like I said, typically. And it's, it's something that you go to, to get paid. And that's that, right? Well, part of that involves being a team player and working with the people around you. So toxic people at work, it is what it is. You got to get past it. Toxic people outside of work, you totally control that. You totally control that 100%. And hard decisions to make sometimes, but often they can be the right decisions. So that's my big point. Remove toxic people from your life. Remove that negative energy from your life. And you will absolutely see huge, huge jumps in both your positivity, productivity, your mental state, the way you think about things, your morning, your nights, like your morning routine, just the, the amount of, of energy and, and positivity that you, you feel when you wake up will be different and it'll, you'll ride that wave throughout your whole day. And it's, I gotta say, it's completely life-changing, 100%. Now, I also want to take some time to talk about my week, where I'm at with my brand, and some of the things that I have coming up. So this week, I did receive my two prototypes, right? They're my, it's my what I'm considering my final round of prototypes from my supplier, and I'm super pumped because next week, hopefully, the second week of June, I should be able to announce my brand, and I'm really excited about that getting the word out there, talking to you guys, the audience about what the brand is and kind of filling in some of the, the gaps in the story along the way of how I got from 
where I started to where I am now and where I'm going uh, from here on out as I approach my Kickstarter campaign, hopefully in September. Okay, so I'll break it down a little bit more. So I got my prototypes in and everything that I thought they were going to be they are so they totally live up to the expectation which is awesome uh, there's one component one uh, piece to it that is going to be shipped separately and that is kind of a bummer because that's going to be kind of holding off some of the product photography that i wanted to get done um, like at the end of the week and and earlier next week but that's okay that's okay. All right. You just got to pivot and deal with these things. No big deal. Uh, but the majority of the item is here, both prototypes. And I was able to do some stress testing on them and they're exactly, I, I mean, the supplier is great. They were able to, they were essentially identical in craftsmanship and durability and, uh, and like feature set, like everything was made identical just different colors and some different features they added in addition to the existing prototype but uh, other than that all of the durability features that i had built into the second prototype are totally present and they're acting the exact same and i've come to find out that the supplier was proactive and they made uh they made molds and templates for certain things that go into this product so they have the ability to be totally consistent in mass production or with additional prototypes down the road so they made molds just for me and uh, they didn't actually charge a lot of nre for that which is like the um, the non-recurring engineering part they they did a lot of that um with their own overhead, which is pretty cool. And they, um, you know, they, they, they kind of built that into the prototype cost, which is okay, but they definitely had to eat some of it themselves. But, uh, the big point is that going forward, they should have the ability to be totally consistent lot to lot, you know, piece to piece. So, so that's really cool. Now I am going to be hiring an outside inspection service for the mass production when that does happen. And uh, I can talk about that more later, uh, but that's that's another step that I'm adding into the process in order to make sure that the, the bulk orders, the production orders are 100%, um, like they meet the requirements 100%. So uh, for those who are interested, as far as that whole process goes, I have to deliver the inspection company a set of requirements that they need to inspect to. I have to tell them what they're looking for, essentially. So I have generated a requirements document and it has pictures and call outs and very specific measurements. And uh, it, it should be a pretty smooth uh, process just because the vendor does have, uh, the supplier does have molds and they are able to produce as many of these as I need with the exact measurements. And there's very little manual interaction, like human interaction, as far as the measurements go. You know, a lot of it's machine cut and um, it's machine cut to molds. So um, anyway, I'll, I'll talk more about that later <laughs> in another episode when I finally start talking about the brand and breaking down the product a lot. Uh, but I'm really excited. So the procs are here and so far so good. The colors look really cool. Um, so looking back on the week, uh, I kind of wish I knew ahead of time the, the deal with that second part, the part that's not going to be here for another week or so, um, that, that kind of threw off my whole schedule. Um, I did begin the pre-launch process. So the pre-launch process for a Kickstarter, now that I'm about 90 days out, is involving a major audience building effort and awareness building. So uh, I, I've said before that I need about 560 backers 
to buy the product at the early bird pricing, or I'm going to need some combination of people who buy the lower end, um, the perks like the lower end denominations and, and backing, uh, values or, you know, more, um, you know, more people at that end or, or fewer people at the upper end that are buying like two and three packs of the thing or, you know, some of the higher end perks. So I'm going to need some combination. I'm aiming to get about, and I'm trying to get this dollar amount down to the, like the very, very specific, like within, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars, but I'm going to need somewhere between about 50, 55,000. Now, theoretically, I could probably launch for less than that, but I'll be bootstrapping quite a bit and it's going to be extremely difficult. So I'm aiming my, my, my crosshairs at 50, 55,000, somewhere in that range. Again, I'm going to try to narrow that down to within a couple hundred bucks. Um, but that will be the funding goal. And I'll probably do it in a stepped kind of sequential thing where I have a, a minimum goal. That's a lot less than that. And then a stretch goal or a couple stretch goals to get me to 50, 55,000. And that that's kind of whole, uh, like part of the whole Kickstarter strategy. So, you know, you can't, it's, it's really, uh, it, it's for, for a number of reasons. It, it's not always wise to come right out of the gate and present the, the world with your, your target goal of being this huge number and $55,000 to some people is a significant number and unattainable and daunting. And that actually scares backers away sometimes because they might feel that, you know, that's so far away. If I, if I donate five bucks or $10 or something, you know, it'll probably never happen. Um, so there's, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces to that. Um, surprisingly. So, you know, that's something that I've spent some time learning, but essentially, um, I will be having a tiered system that gets me there. That's the plan. And, uh, and more on that later for sure. But, um, again, looking back, oh, actually that just reminds me, there is another thing I have began executing on the freedom journal. So I've talked about this before. There's a journal that, uh, a, a guy named John Lee Dumas wrote, uh, a couple of years ago, and it's called the Freedom Journal. And really, what it is is a it's a uh, I think it's a hundred day um, journal with daily, like mul- like multiple times per day uh, entries. So there's like a night entry and a, a morning entry and a night entry. And essentially, what it is is over the course of a hundred days, you set a goal in the beginning, and then after a hundred days, you've achieved the goal. And I have talked about this before, but. I'm using the Freedom Journal right now, right now, I've started it already, uh, to drive me into my Kickstarter campaign. So I'm currently targeting the week after Labor Day in September, and I'm using the Freedom Journal to drive me there. So, so far, it's actually been pretty cool. Uh, I have it set up to do... Um, well, I have, it's day to day, right. But I have it set up to right now, focus on the things that, uh, are important now. So right now that's audience building, that's awareness, that's, um, getting some product photography, like early product photography and, uh, and things like that. And then as I'm, I'm doing a daily thing where I have a set number of people I need to contact to try and get them on my mailing list, try to get their, their whole community or their whole audience, potentially on my mailing list and just be aware of the brand. I also have uh, goals to work with uh, certain crowdfunding people to help me put together my campaign. 
And a lot of times, like my, my specific thing that I'm measuring that I'm able to document in the freedom journal and talk about is having a conversation about Facebook ads or something like that. Like it's, it's, it's really broken down to very, very specific measurable things. And, you know, a measurable thing might be have a conversation with this person about this thing. Like that's measurable. Did I do it? Yes. Or no, you know? And then uh, at the end of the day, you know, then I can write down the value I got out of that conversation and what really came out of the whole thing. And, you know, if I need to have another one or if there's any action I can take on the results of that, uh, that conversation. Uh, so again, Freedom Journal, uh, I'm using it right now. It's kind of my, my guide, you know, like my, my map, my roadmap, <laughs> uh, if you will, uh, just to keep me on track and just to keep my, my head a little clear. Um, because now that I have a day-to-day thing, that's tangible. It's physical. I can walk around with it. It's a, it's a notebook that we know I write in, write in with a pen. It, it makes everything for me a lot easier. I mean, I've talked about this before too. I'm a big, uh, like notebook, pen and paper guy. So having a journal like that, that I can write in and take with me and not have to use my phone and type with my two thumbs, you know, it's for some reason, that's just a little bit different for me. It's better like conveying my thoughts and articulating my thoughts through a pen, like a pen stroke on a paper. I don't know why it just works better for me, uh, but uh, I'm using that now, and hopefully it does its job and helps me stay on track and not waver too much between now and September. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But you know, I'm putting it to the test pretty hardcore here because at the end of that, I should be into my campaign seeking capital funding for my project, which means I should have uh, by then also spent uh, some money, some not and not a insignificant amount of money either it's uh by then i'll probably have spent a few thousand dollars in building up assets and uh, building the audience and putting together um you know ad campaigns and stuff so you know there's a lot of pieces but the the freedom journal should hopefully track everything get me there and then we'll see how it goes i will be a bigger proponent of that product probably by then uh if it does its job well and i think it will i have a, a lot of confidence in it i've gone through the freedom journal before um you know in bits and pieces this is my full this is my first time going fall bore like page by page by page following it to a t and so far so good so i'm about uh six or seven, eight pages into it. I have to count, um, you know, about a week and, uh, it's great so far. It's great. So, uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Uh, but do yourself a favor as always look back on the week, look at some of the things that you did and some of the decisions you made and think maybe how you might do them again differently in the future. And if there's something to take away from that, hopefully you can take it away from that. You know, that's, that's kind of the goal. And also, I can't stress this enough, find the toxicity in your life and remove as much of it as possible. Again, I can't stress that enough. It is probably the most critical function to progressing you and pushing you and moving you forward in more ways than just like business stuff, but just in life and positivity and being a happier person. Remove the toxicity remove those people and seriously limit your involvement engagement and like inner communication with those people and i promise you will see a serious flourishing because of it so that's it that's going to wrap this up and again if you know anybody 
who would benefit from hearing this episode, please go ahead and share it with them. It would mean so much to me. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Take care.